As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. That pretty much says it all, doesn't it, right there? I mean, that captures it. All right, let me ask you this. How many have heard the saying, a picture is worth a thousand words? We've all heard that, right? Well, today, I want to give you several pictures, several snapshots of moms in the Bible that we can all learn from. So if you're not a mom, don't be running for the exits right now. The ushers are locking the doors. This message is for you because we can learn from these stories of these moms. If you got a Bible, do this. Open it up to Genesis chapter 21. We're going to start in the first book of the Bible. I want to turn to several scriptures. So you can grab a Bible from a seat back nearest you, or you can look along on the screen. We'll put some of the verses up here. I want to kind of walk through some of these stories. The title of the message is simply this, Five Portraits of Biblical Motherhood. And again, these are moms. And before you're sitting here thinking biblical motherhood as a mom, I don't know about this. I'm not sure. You're going to see in a moment that these moms weren't perfect. And maybe you're feeling like you're not measuring up. They were anything but perfect. They were in progress as they were leaning in and growing in their relationship with God. And the same is true for us. He meets us at those stages, in those places, as we'll see in a moment. But I also understand that in a group this size, whether you're here with us in person or you're joining us online, this Mother's Day, it may be a real difficult day for you. And for some, you may have lost your mom recently. Or maybe you're losing your mom. And what I mean by that, maybe she's going through something or even going through something like Alzheimer's is, is my wife's mom is, is having trouble remembering even her name. And so there's things that, that we're struggling with that this isn't always an easy day. And honestly, for some, maybe you've been hurt by your mom and, and you're still working through some of those wounds and And I believe that as we open up God's word, that he'll meet with us and he wants to encourage us and he wants to encourage you no matter what you're facing. We got some, some women that are listening today and, and you're anxious. You want to become a mom and I'm telling you, you'd be a great mom, but it's just not happening on your timetable. And, And so I recognize this day is a celebration, yes, to our moms, but it's a difficult day for some of us. But I believe that God wants to speak as we lean in and as we open up his word, he can lead us and he can guide us. Do you believe me? I know you've experienced it. So let's bow our heads and pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth that it contains. And Father, I pray for each of us and all of us, no matter where we're at at what stage or what place, I We just want to honor and celebrate motherhood no matter what we've experienced. And would you teach us through these portraits, these pictures, these snapshots of these moms that weren't perfect, but they were certainly in progress. 
And help us, Lord, as we desire to look to you and be strengthened by you. And so I pray for your grace and mercy even to help me to work through these biblical texts that I could be an encouragement as I share your word. If you agree with that prayer, simply say amen. We're going to start with the first portrait of a biblical motherhood. And it starts with Sarah. Sarah is a picture of patience while waiting. So we're going to pick it up in Genesis 21 in a moment. But let me tell you how long she waited for a kid. Some of you know the story. She waited 25 years. I mean, can you imagine that? And her husband, Abraham, Genesis chapter 12, he got this vision from the Lord. And and the vision said that you're going to have as many descendants as the stars in the sky as the sand on the seashore. Can you imagine him coming home and telling her that? Honey, we're going to have this many kids. She's like, I can't even have one kid. Talk about a lack of sensitivity. But in all seriousness, she waited and waited. And, and the interesting thing about it, I mean, she even lost hope. And, and, and she overheard God talking to Jacob, and, or Abraham, excuse me. And, and, and it's like the day is coming And she starts laughing hysterically. And Genesis chapter 18 gives us this great rhetorical question that God asks all of us. He says, is anything too hard for the Lord? Answer, no, it it, it isn't. And, And so God grants their prayer, even though getting into the depths of the story, They lost hope so much so that they even took a different route and they took matters into their own hands and had a kid through the maidservant, Hagar. Oh boy, that didn't work out. How many of us have waited and waited and taken things into our own hands? Anybody with me? We do it. But God finally brought forth the miracle and he fulfilled the promise. And look what it says in Genesis chapter 21. I'm going to start reading in verse 1. It says, The Lord visited Sarah as he said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time of which God had spoken to him. How old? Well, hold on. We're going to get to that. Verse 3 says, Abraham called the name of his son who was born to him, whom Sarah bore him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, when he was eight days old, as God had commanded. That was part of the ritual. And look at verse five. Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's old. (laughs) And Sarah said, God has made me, made laughter for me. Everyone here will laugh over me just as we were just laughing. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children and that I have borne him a son in his old age? Here we see God fulfill the promise that he made to Abraham and Sarah. And if you're a note taker, write down Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11, because she's included in the great hall wall of faith. And it says about Sarah, Sarah, by faith, she received power to conceive even when she was past the age since she considered him God faithful who had promised. Now, one of the things that Sarah teaches us is this, that despite our difficulty, despite our unbelief, despite our foolishness, despite taking matters into our own hands, we sometimes take a step back when we're supposed to take a step forward. 
And God fulfills his promises still. And he is at work. He doesn't stop. He's at work even though we don't see it. Catch this. Sarah teaches us that even when we're unfaithful, God is faithful. Isn't it true? That his faithfulness trumps our unfaithfulness at times. That it says in the scripture that God was faithful to her. And sometimes we think it's about our faithfulness to God. And I'm not minimizing that. Please don't run out of here saying that. But our faithfulness to him, it isn't dependent on your faithfulness. It's dependent on his faithfulness to us. And we're seeing in a world where so much is happening and we can lose trust in the midst of the decisions and the things that are happening. And God is faithful. He will accomplish what he has promised. He will do what his word says. And here we see that sometimes it requires waiting and waiting. And some of you may be waiting for something, someone, for God to do something. I just want to remind you that just as Sarah waited, it's about his faithfulness not necessarily always ours, that our God is faithful. I asked a mom in our church who I know who has struggled with infertility, and, and I asked her to share her story, and she writes this. My name is Allison, and my husband's name is Bob. We were in the middle of our infertility journey as we joined High Point back in 2021. Like David in the Psalms, we had been crying out to God, wondering why he wasn't answering us or if he was even hearing us. Selfishly, we wanted God to just give us a baby as quickly as possible. For three years, we sat in our valley trying everything and running into dead end after dead end. We prayed, we invited our community into the story God had already written to us. His goodness was revealed when others from the church walked this heartache with us, especially when we needed to be reminded of his truth and promise of a plan that was to prosper us and not to harm us. No matter what, baby or no baby, God was faithful, and for us, we finally saw, he finally saw it fit to grant us a child. We know it is nothing short of a miracle. It has been out of our hands this entire time. I asked her about what she would say to others who are waiting. She said, if you're waiting or trudging through a valley, you are seen and you are loved. You don't have to walk it alone. Your church family wants to walk alongside you just like they did with us. They want to remind you of God's truth and help you carry the burden. My prayer is that in both the stillness and even crying out to Jesus, you will begin to experience him in new ways as your prince of peace. I say this openly admitting that it is tough to surrender, it is tough to trust, but it is indeed worth it because God is always for you and not against you. Can we praise him for his goodness and his strength? Thank Allison for sharing her story with us. Second picture, portrait of, of a biblical motherhood. Go ahead, and if you're in your Bibles, flip over to the next book in the book of Exodus. And so I want to turn over to Exodus chapter 2, and I want to read a story to you, but it focuses on a mom with a tough name to pronounce, Jochebed. She's a picture of courage while acting. This is Moses' mom. And I don't know, we've done a lot of baby dedications. We did some baby dedications today. I've never had a girl held her in my arms and had the parents say, this is my daughter, Jochebed. So that's an interesting biblical name. But in all seriousness, I mean, she teaches us a lot about motherhood. And, and she took a step of courage. And 
Her step of courage was she had to trust and act by faith. She was swimming upstream in a culture that, that was not recognizing the things that she believed, the things that she wanted, i.e., sounds like us. And, and she stepped out in faith. Let me paint the backdrop before we jump in to Exodus chapter 2. Again, she's Moses' mom. And the Pharaoh, what wound up happening was Pharaoh, he, was, he had made an edict in all the land that, that they were to kill any male baby that was born. And so they, he did that because he didn't want the Israelites to outnumber the Egyptians, and so he would lose power and control. So that's what they were faced with. And so we pick up the story. That's what she was faced with. She has her baby, and we pick it up in chapter 2, verse 3. The baby Moses was three months old, and it says when she could hide him no longer, she took for him a basket... And you can see what she made it out of there. And she, it says at the end of verse three, she put the child in it and placed it among the reeds by the river bank. And so she's putting her child in a basket in the river and sending it downstream. And as his sister, Moses' sister, Miriam, stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. So they're, imagine, looking through the bushes, watching. And now the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river while her young women walked besides the river. And she saw the basket amongst the reeds and she sent her servant woman and she took it. And when she opened it, she saw the child and behold, the baby was crying. And she took pity on him and said, this is one of the Hebrew children. Then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call you a nurse from the Hebrew woman to nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. So the girl went and called the child's mother and Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me and I will give you your wages. Do you see what's happening? Is she gets the baby back and she gets paid for it. Verse 10, when the child grew up, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. Here we see she named him Moses because she said, I drew him out of the water. Here again, we see Jochebed, mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11 in the great wall of faith. It says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that their child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. It didn't matter what anyone else said. This mom was going to do everything and every, anything to save her child. I mean, she risked her life as she surrendered herself and did what no one would think or expect. And I mean, that's the kind of picture of courage that this mom displays. And, and so as I stand here today, some of you know my story, but I, I hope you don't mind. It, it might be if I can tell it again. I, I feel in a lot of ways I was rescued out of the river because when I was three months old, I was put up for adoption and Helen Zappia and my dad, James Zappia, they adopted me. And the story goes like this. They got the call. They had adopted two other children. They weren't looking to adopt the third they got the call from the Catholic Charities and they said, hey, you know, we've got a, we've got a little boy and he's an Italian boy and would you be open to taking him? And, and so my mom actually got the call. She called my dad at work and then they said, let's just meet over at the Catholic Charities. And once they got there, then the, the nun came out with me in her arms and, well, it was me. I mean, and, and she came out, and, and she could see my parents were, you know, kind of 
wondering, or, or they were talking with each other, and she said, well, I can take the baby, and, and, and you can go ahead, and you can figure out what you want to do. And my dad broke in, and he just said, hey, we don't have anything to talk about. We don't have any questions. The only question we have is, which one of us is going to hold our son first? I knew I'd get an offer of that. <laughs> but the truth is, I, I was rescued just like Moses was, and and I'm thankful today for Catherine, who was the mom who gave me life. She went ahead. She's my birth mom. And I met her several years ago, and, and I just thanked her for the step of faith and the step of courage it took as a teenager to have a child and give me the child up for adoption. She took look, one look at me and said, in the river, this one's going. And I'm joking. But that step of courage... And so as I tell that story, I recognize that, that I'm thank God for the gift of life. And there may be some here in a crowd this size, maybe you're watching at home. And, and the truth is that some maybe have taken a different step and done something differently. And I just want to tell you, God is good, isn't he? He's faithful and he's forgiving and he loves us no matter what our past is, no matter what we've done, no matter what steps we've taken, no matter what roads we've crossed, no matter the things, the struggles we did right, we did wrong. God's goodness and his faithfulness. And he's there for us. And he meets us. This says, draw near to him, the scripture says. God is close to the brokenhearted. And so I don't know what steps you've taken, where you've been, but, but here we see a step of courage. A step of courage that's rewarded. And so first we see Sarah. I mean, she's a mom that waited patiently and made mistakes, and again, she wasn't perfect. She was in progress. And here we see Jacobet, a woman who, who gave up her child, sacrificed what's best for him. And third picture, are you ready? Nobody's ready, so I won't go on. Are you ready? Yes. Third picture is this. It's Naomi. So I won't have you turn there, but it's a really short book in the Old Testament. And Naomi, it, the book is called Ruth. And, and it's, it's a short story, but it teaches us so much truth. And here, this is a mother-in-law. And this is a mother-in-law is a picture of boldness while sharing. And so she shared in word and deed as she lived her faith out in front of all those people around us. So mother-in-laws, yep, we got one for you. Just listen closely and take a step back. Don't get too over-involved. But, but you can be a witness and, and you can... You can display things. And so this is another difficult story. And I love the Bible. Maybe you're not familiar with the Bible, but the Bible doesn't present all of us perfect in this and, and all the good stuff and none of the bad. No, it's like you're reading through this and you think to yourself, hey, I ain't that bad then, I guess. That's not the picture. The picture is it's showing the depths of humanity and our sinfulness. And I often say it like this, that sometimes God's sovereignty trumps our stupidity. Anybody with me? And that we can make some decisions and some choices. And I'm not saying do something stupid, but the Bible says that we all sin and we've all fallen short. And, and yeah, in our own humanity, we make some bad decisions. And I love the fact that the Bible doesn't, it doesn't hide any of those things from us. Again, it's a people that are in progress, not perfection. And here we see Naomi, a mother-in-law, and she's going through a great struggle. I mean, struggle number one, first and foremost, she moves to a foreign land. She leaves her home country in Jerusalem and Judea to go to Moab with her family because there's a famine. And then struggle number two, she loses her husband, and she's devastated. And then 10 years later, her, 
her two boys, they wound up marrying Moabite women, which isn't a good thing. They're not followers of God. And, and then what happens to those two guys? Well, they both die too. And so here she moves to a foreign land because of a famine that she went through. She loses her husband. She loses her two sons and, and then her two daughter-in-laws. She looks them right in the eye and she's just like, hey man, I'm going back. And so, you know, you guys do what you want. Go back, stay here and, and, and get a second chance. Get a fresh start. Go back to your families. And you guys are young. Go marry somebody else. And, and, then, and then Ruth looks at her. And that's where we'll pick it up. Let me put it on the screen. In chapter 1, verse 16, Ruth says, Do not urge me to leave you, Naomi, or return from following you. For you, where you go, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. And your God, my God. And then she goes on to say, where you die, I'm going to die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord do so to me and more also, if anything but death parts me from you. And when Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more. Are you seeing what's happening? Naomi's faith was being lived out loud, displayed in such a way that her daughter-in-law saw the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that he was the real thing and all these other false gods and all this stuff. And man, she was a witness by what she did and what she said. How many with a crowd this size? Go ahead, give me your hand raise. Maybe you had a mom who was a witness to the community, to you, saving everybody in the neighborhood, inviting people to the Bible study. Anybody have moms like that? Come on, don't be bashful. Put your hands up. Let's give honor to those moms. They're just like, man, they're living their faith and and here we see it rewarded. I wish I could take a mic and go to each one of you who raised your hand and you had a story of your mom and what she did. And, and it's just so awesome to see that the opportunities that we have to live for him and to be a witness for him with boldness. And I asked a guy in our church who, he had a mom like that and he was raised from good stock. I mean, she followed hard after the Lord and and he writes this about one of the most difficult times where he saw her witnessing by how she handled a very difficult situation. He writes, my name is Brian. And he says, my family was rocked when our youngest sibling, Jonathan, was quickly diagnosed with stage four cancer. He was so passionate. He was everyone's friend. My br little brother that I loved so much, we were all so scared. All of us were scared except my mom. As always, she was our family's rock. She was immovable. She was immovable from the truth that she still loves to say, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good. Anybody have a mom like that? I mean, she's just seeing the good in, in a very difficult situation as she trusts God. Brian writes, during the season of Jonathan's last days with us, my mom cared for him and all of us, and she did it so well. When fear crept into our hearts, she reminded us that God is good and faithful. When doubt flooded our minds, she showed us just how good God had been to us by reflecting on the things he was doing and the thing he had done. And when death visited, she courageously displayed to us that because of Jesus, we don't have to fear any evil because God has never left our side. God loves us and he wants the best for us. He's for us, not against us. Thank you, mom, for being a witness of God's glory. Let's praise the Lord for that mom and for the witness that she was. And man, there's just good stories of faithful witnesses like Naomi. Hey, go ahead and 
if you're still in Genesis or Exodus, excuse me, turn over to 1 Samuel. And so 1 Samuel is in the Old Testament. I'm going to read a little bit from this story. And so we're going to go to the next portrait. And this one is of Hannah. And so 1 Samuel, just go ahead and keep flipping. You can hear a few pages turning and get to, well, let me help you out. Go to page 225. Oh, that doesn't help you. That's my Bible. Sorry. <laughs> go to the table of contents. No. First Samuel is a great little, uh, great book, and it talks about the prophets, and it tells the story. And, and, and so Hannah is the mom that it focuses on, and she's another mom who had trouble getting pregnant. And, and so it's a picture of gratitude while believing, while trusting, that, that no matter what I'm going through, I, I'm going to have an attitude of gratitude, which oftentimes is so difficult when we're going through trials and trouble. And that's what we see modeled here. And Hannah, I mean, let me paint that backdrop before we get into the end of chapter one. But, I mean, she, she was having trouble getting kids. And then to make matters worse, if you take a look at the context, you'll see she's married to a guy. And he winds up, he's like, I want a kid. And so he marries another girl too. And again, the Bible doesn't hold help. It doesn't withhold the difficulty, the struggles, the sinfulness. It's all right here. And the scripture says, but he loved Hannah. And so she's struggling with all this. She can't have kids. And so she goes over to the temple and she's praying to the Lord in chapter one. And she's praying so passionately. I mean, you can't even believe this. She's praying so much. She's on her knees in tears and, and, and praying hysterically, mumbling. And, and the, the priest thinks she's drunk. I mean, that's how crazy it was. And, and then finally, she, she prays. And you can see it in verse 11. It says, and she vowed a vow, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look at the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of my life and no razor shall touch his head. And here we see, this is a passage oftentimes referenced when we did child dedications, and we call them parent-child dedications because the focus isn't necessarily on the kid, but also the parent. And Hannah is a picture of a parent who, who's willing to give their child over. She teaches us, she teaches us that your child is not your own, that you've been given that child on consignment from God, and that he's, or she, is the Lord's, he or she is not yours. Now, some parents are rejoicing in that truth now, saying, yes, indeed, thank you for that encouragement. I'm joking, but, but she's a picture of, like, she would do anything. She wanted a child so badly, and she's like, I'm going to dedicate him, his life to you, God, and give him back to you. And that's what parent-child dedications are. It's a picture as we want to raise the children in the grace and the strength of the Lord, the knowledge of God. And so God finally, he does answer her request. It's remarkable. And he says in verse 26, and she says to the priest, oh my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who is standing here in your presence praying to the Lord. And she's like, to the priest Eli, she's like, that was me. And she says in verse 20, for this child I prayed and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord as long as he lives and he is lent to our Lord and he worshiped the Lord there. So here the child was of age and she's giving the child back to the Lord. It's a picture to us that, that our kids, as parents, they're the Lord. Hey, Jody and I, we've been blessed with three daughters and we're so thankful and 
you know, we've taken a few steps back and done some things wrong and we've taken a few steps forward and done a couple things right and the kids remind us of the two steps back and all the stuff we did wrong. Anybody got a kid like that? But in all seriousness, uh, maybe you're struggling. Like, like, what is the vision? Let me just put your thinking caps on as a parent and even as we support others. What is the vision for your child? And you got to think through that. What's the vision? And, and please, it isn't that they're going to win the spelling bee. It's not that they get on the honor roll. It's not that they make that team, although those things seem so important to us now, don't they? But that's not the vision for your child. Your vision isn't even that they're going to go to a great school and go to college and get a job in their chosen career and, and be able to get out of the house. And let me say that again, in their chosen career and get off the payroll of you. That's not the vision of your child, but I'm thankful that my children are. And, but I'm all seriousness, what is the vision? The vision isn't any of those things. It's not about them having their own family or getting married or now, the vision for your child is that they would love the Lord, their God, with all their heart, with all their strength, with all their might. That's the vision for your child, that they would love Jesus with all their heart and that they would grow and mature in him. That's the biblical vision that we have for our child. And, and we're just called to create an environment where that's going to help to do that. That's what we want to do at our church through our children's ministry and student ministry is we want to fulfill the mutual vision of maturity in Christ for your son or daughter. That's the desire. That's what we're working for. And that's what we're doubling down on in this next season. And some of you know, I, I'm so thankful for those on the third floor who are not just watching our kids right now, but they're teaching them the Bible. Can we praise God for those that are on the third floor helping our kids grow? coming alongside of them. And I chose those words carefully. Our job is to come alongside you for the mutual vision of maturity in Christ. And so there's some new things. They've started a, a resource center because, I don't know, today, like you and me as parents, that, that, man, we're swimming upstream. And so we want to put resources into your hands from a biblical perspective to help you answer the questions. There's a new resource center up there. It's called the Family Hub. We've instituted a new thing. Maybe you're not aware of it, that, that for your child, there's a, a growth guide, a family growth guide that you can learn what your child is learning now and that you could take some time and go over the Bible story with them and that you can, you can teach them these biblical truths. That's what we want to see happen. We want to come alongside you and we want to help strengthen all of our parents together because parenting is a team sport. Amen? It is. And we got to come together with this next generation. That's what our limitless initiative, some of you are aware of this, the next two years, we want to double down on the next generation to help them. That's one of the heartbeats of our church. So Sarah, she models for us somebody who's waiting for God. Maybe you're waiting in a season of waiting. What's God calling you to do? Jochebed, she models for us, man, is there a bold step of faith that you need to take? Maybe it's about what? It's about your career. Maybe it's about your involvement in the church. Maybe it's about your faith that it's time to get real with God. And maybe it's something you've been asking him for, some healing for someone you love, that maybe you have a son or a daughter who needs to return back to him. I mean, she takes a step of faith, a step of courage to do whatever she needs to do. And, and then Naomi, I mean, she's a picture at any stage, at any age that we, 
We want to be a witness to the people around us of God's goodness and his glory and his strength. And, and then, how about this one? Lastly, we got a picture of Mary. And she's the mother of Jesus. And I mean, she has Jesus as a teenager. I mean, can you imagine her discussing everything what's going on in the lunchroom at school? She's like, well, I don't know how I got pregnant. The other girls are like, what? But in all seriousness, here she, she's chosen She's a picture of favor of being chosen by God for what he wants her to do. Just like you and I, we're a picture of favor that God has chosen us. He's chosen you as a child of God to take the steps of faith. And I love this picture because when Mary realizes it and she recognizes that it's God and she calls out in Luke chapter one, I'll put it on the screen, in verse 46 she says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. Let's stop for a moment and I just want to point out where it says my savior. Remember, sometimes we put Mary on a pedestal and I think we ought to put all moms on a pedestal, Amen. But she says, my savior, indicating that, man, I'm not perfect and, and I got some issues. And Mary, the mother of Jesus, recognized her need for a savior, that, that God had provided a sacrifice for her sin and his name was Jesus. And, and she goes on to say, for he, God, has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. I love the humility of her prayer as Mary recognized that, that, that she was chosen. And so I want to have a little fun. Everybody up for a little fun in church? Two people are up for fun in church. Well, come on, we're, we're going around third. We're sliding into home. Can we have a little fun in church today? Let's celebrate our mom. So I want you, I know you don't want this. You don't want the spotlight on you, but I don't care. So if you're a mom, please stand with me. No matter what stage, no matter what age, mom, stand up right now. Come on, I know, I know you don't want to do it. You're like, yeah, come on, let's praise the Lord for them. And so thankful for the moms that are standing up. And so hold on a minute. Hold on, I see you mom standing up at home too. It's okay. And, and so you're standing up. And so how, how many uh, have a child five years or younger? Just give me a hand raise and just show you. And I want you just to know, look around. You're going to get through this, I promise. It's not easy. And okay, how many, how many with grade school kids, um, you know, preschoolers, toddlers, all that, just put your hands up. And man, that's a stage that I'm glad that I'm out of. And that let's just keep moving. And how many with, with junior high students or high school students? Anybody here? And so come on, let's, anybody in this section? Yep, got the junior high, senior high students. Sorry to say, put, you put your hands down, but I know that that's a difficult time. I know if you're, if I had daughters and when the daughters were in high school, sorry, mom, if you got a daughter and you're in high school, your mom said, they're not gonna like you. Just get used to it. <laughs> just, they just don't, they love their dad though at that stage. And so that's a really good thing. And, but, but that was our experience. So, but, uh, but in all seriousness, how many have got the kids out of the house? Go ahead and raise your hand with me. Let's praise the Lord for that. And, and, and it will happen someday. But, but then all of a sudden, I thought that she was off the payroll, that third one. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, what the heck? She's back. Like, what is going on? She's, she's back in her room. I mean, anybody have that happen? Can you raise your hand and give me some counsel, please, after? Because I'm going through a hard time. But in all seriousness, I want you to hear my heart. 
you've been chosen for motherhood. You've been chosen. The Lord God has chosen you for motherhood. And the Lord is going to strengthen you through the difficulties. The Lord's going to be with you. He knows. And he, as you walk through this season, maybe you're a single mom. The Lord, he knows. He loves. And he wants to give you the strength to finish the job, to do what you can, to be a great witness for him. It is a special team that you're on. And believe me, we're thankful for you as you stick together because we are so grateful for the moms in our church and for the moms here. Let's praise the Lord for them. Come on, give a round of applause. And let's, let's all stand to our feet as the worship team comes forward. We're gonna, we're gonna close with a big song. It's gonna be awesome. Can we praise God for our worship team? Uh, so thankful for Todd. And he's providing the leadership and, and Tara and the rest of the team. And so I, I just don't want us to leave just thinking all about moms because in my mom, we're going to put some questions on the screen. And so I want, I want us to apply this to all of ourselves, this message. If my mom was here, she would just be saying, Mother's Day, this is what she used to do. I used to thank her. I'd give her a call. I'd send a little gift. You know, I'd give her a card, write a nice thing, write all this mushy stuff on there, how grateful I am. And then she'd say, Mother's Day is not one day a year. No, no, no. Be nice to me every day instead of just this day. Anybody had a mom like that? I'm telling you, it, it was only me. I mean, uh, but in all seriousness, I think all of our moms would want us to take the steps we need to take to do what God's calling us to do. So as you look at these moms, Look at the questions that I've got and just, just pick one. Don't be that type A personality where like, okay, I've got all five of them. I'll say, no, just stop. It's just like, it's just, what's God speaking to you about? And maybe the truth is it's, you've been waiting patiently for something and, 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 and Sarah has modeled that. And, and I, I don't know, maybe it's to take a step of courage like Jacobet. And I, I'm not gonna read through the whole list, but even all of us, I, you know, what is it that, that, that you need to do? I, Todd, I'm looking at you as a dad. I mean, what is it? You got three boys, and I, I think it's to act courageously and, and give a daughter a name or Jacobed. That's the next thing for you. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm just prophesying that over him right now, and then I'm joking. I see Tara over here. Which, which one, Tara? Come on, tell us. She said gratitude. And how can I become a more grateful as I believe, like Hannah? And how can I... How can I rejoice in God's favor? Because you have been chosen. Grab yours, bow your heads with me. And Father, we come before you with great thanks for these mothers in the Bible, not because they were perfect, because they were in progress, that they had a faith in a God who loved them through the different seasons. And so Father, as we think about what you're calling us to, the step of faith that you want us to take, May we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. God, the son that you provided to us, that we could have new life, that we could accomplish and do the things that we cannot. Let us put our attention on you, God, and let us rejoice in you. Let us celebrate you now in this last song as we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace. And we look to you asking for strength as we live a life that's pleasing to you. If you agree with that prayer, say amen. And let's sing together.